Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're listening to 3 and 30, Episode 5, the single best way you can support your child in school. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. If you're anything like me, your child's life at school is a bit of a mystery to you. You know your son likes his teacher, but you don't really know too much about her. You know your daughter must be learning something, as you see various worksheets in the backpack, and you notice that she's using some bigger vocabulary words now and then. But when you ask her what she's learned at school today, her response is, Nothing. (laughs) You wave and smile at the teachers, occasionally pop into a party or assembly where parents are invited, and assume that no news is good news, right? But is this enough? I mean, this is where your child is spending six or more hours every single day. Should you be doing more? That thought can feel kind of daunting. With your own busy schedule at work or at home, And you certainly don't want to be that parent who is constantly calling the teacher or overly pushy. Fortunately, I've learned that becoming more of a true partner in your child's life at school does not have to be that complicated. I've learned this from my friend and mentor, Amanda Ruse. Like me, Amanda is a former high school English teacher. She taught for almost a decade before her three kids were born. She then decided to stay home with them, but has continued being very involved in the world of education by working as a curriculum writer and also starting a website called buildingthebridge.org, a website devoted to helping families and teachers become stronger partners. Amanda has also taught internationally, and actually she and her family are living in Mexico right now, so we're hoping that our sound quality and internet connection are strong during this interview. I'm so excited to learn from her today about how we can build the bridge between home and school in our own children's lives. So Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. It's really great to have you on. So you have built this great website where you talk about connecting the world between home and school for kids and teachers and families. And one of the articles on your website that really caught my eye is called The Best Way to Support Your Child in School. And when I read that title, I thought, really? Like, is there there really one best way? Can that be defined? And then I read that article and I loved it. So I was wondering if we could start off by you giving a little bit of background on what is the best way to support our kids in school? Sure, I'd love to. So I, like you, um, was feeling a little bit um, maybe frustrated, a little lost about like, what am I supposed to be doing here? I mean, I'm a former teacher, but I'm a first-time parent always. 
forever. <laughs> and so I, I wasn't really sure what to do when my kids had started school and how much to be involved. And, you know, I'd go to PTA meetings and all we'd talk about would be like candle sales. And I was just like confused about like, well, what is my role here? What am I doing? So I started to do some reading and some research and I um, stumbled upon this great book called Beyond the Bake Sale, The Essential Guide to Family School Partnerships. And one of the authors of that book um, is named Ann Henderson. So I emailed her and I uh, set up a conversation with her um, to talk about some of the ideas in her book and some of the ways that we can, um, you know, support our kids in, in, as they go to school. And uh, Ann Henderson uh, has, she works right now for the Annenberg Institute of School Reform and she's been studying, you know, school and home partnerships since the 70s. So she's like devoted her life to figuring out how can schools and, and families work together. And through this conversation with her, the one thing that she kept coming back to was you have to foster a relationship with your child's teacher. That education at its heart is a relationship driven endeavor, right? And so the best thing you can do is to create and strengthen this relationship with your child's teacher. Um, which I thought was great news because man, I can do that, man. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't take any extra training. It doesn't take any money. It doesn't take very much time, right? It just takes a willingness to, um, be a little bit more open yourself, um, and to risk that personal connection that can sometimes be kind of scary. Um, and, and to, to go forward and to try to become, you know, not best friends with your child's teacher. I mean, obviously you don't have to do that, but just to the point where if you saw them on the street, you would be able to say hi to them. You would know their name and you'd be able to, you know, talk a little bit about what's going on, not just in the classroom and your child's life, but just like in general, you have a good working relationship. Right. And I love that you have defined that as a working relationship between you, the mother, and the teacher. Um, you really are working together to help this child learn. So it is like having a working relationship with someone. Yeah, and I think sometimes we think of school as a, a transactional relationship, right? They're like a similar to like you go to the you know, Starbucks drive through and you pick up your Frappuccino or whatever, and you say, thank you. Like, I think sometimes people think with schools, you drive by, you drop off your kid, you say, thank you. And you go on your way. Right. But in fact, this is not a transactional relationship. This is a really important working relationship. And so treat it like that. And don't just do like the drive by. Thanks for doing this. See you tomorrow. Kind right. of um, interactions. That's great. So I pulled a quote from your article that I loved. It's and it says in my conversation with her, Mrs. Henderson summed it up by saying that establishing a personal relationship with your child's teacher is the single most important thing you can do to help your child do well in school. From preschool to high school graduation, kids who have parents who talk to their teachers do better in school. It's not that those parents are telling the teachers how to do their job or making excuses for why their child can't get her paper in on time. No, these parents are forging a strong personal relationship with the teacher, which forms a strong triangular relationship, teacher, student, and parents all focused on the same goal. And I just love that. Um, 
But I also have wondered, how do I do that? I, I feel like I'm naturally pretty good with people and able to talk to pretty much anyone and connect with them. But for some reason, when it comes to my son's teachers, I, I feel this sense of awkwardness um, and I don't quite know how to approach them or what to say so that I don't come off across as overly pushy. Um, I, I'm often like, what are they thinking? What do they think about my son? So I'm sure I make it more awkward than it needs to be. So you have prepared three, pretty much three steps for our three takeaways today to help parents who maybe like me don't know where to start or feel a little awkward about how to forge this relationship with their parents' teachers. And I love that because these steps are really easy to do. So what is your first takeaway for how we can build a better relationship with our kids' teachers? Um, well, number one uh, is to have a face-to-face -face meeting with the teacher where you do something other than just talk about your kid and like the school policy and the behavioral system and and you know the truancy policy or whatever right this should not be a conversation that um is about the handbook right this should be or the curriculum this should be a, a conversation where you try to break that ice try to break up that awkwardness right and to see each other as as people right with hopes and dreams and um you know strengths and weaknesses and you try to connect on that personal level instead of sort of like education robots, which is something something that we kind of default to. And I should say that like this isn't this isn't easy. Like a lot of schools are not really set up um, to foster this kind of relationship. Like for example, um, back to school night. Right? This is usually like your first time to go in and meet the teacher. And what usually happens? It's like a presentation, right? Where like the teacher talks to a group of, you know, 35, 40 parents. There's really no time. You have to like shuffle on to the next class. Like everyone's kind of in a hurry. Like you don't really have time to just have that quick personal connection. And because the school, a lot of schools don't really um, prioritize that. So you might be pushing a little bit against the grain. And, and I think that is totally and completely okay. Right, so know that, what you're doing is not crazy and it's really important, but it might not be super easy, first of all, but, um, but it's very doable. So, for example, what I would do um, is, you know, we're kind of into fall already, but um, there's, it's not too late to just schedule a 10-minute meeting with the teacher. It could be after school. It could be um, you know, sometime in the morning and schools are totally set up to have someone pop up into the teacher's classroom if need be, you know, to, to sub for the class and just have that like quick sit down 10 minute face to face conversation. Uh -huh. If you feel like this is really overbearing and all oh, this is never going to work, like you could, um, you know, do this at drop off or you could do this at pick at pickup or sometime where you can just try to have a quick personal interaction. Right. And I've tried to do this um, when it's natural. I think I'd, I would feel too bad, like scheduling a meeting, which I don't know why, but I might. Um, but like my son's teachers requested that they, that we send in snacks for the kids, for the class. Mm -hmm. And rather than just 
putting them in Noah's backpack and sending them, I decided to actually walk them in um, one day after school. I walked them into the school and handed them to the teachers and just tried to chat with them for a few minutes. So it's like I'm searching for opportunities to get out of my car or linger that extra minute and just say, hi, how are you? And find out about them. So do you have any ideas for um, the types of questions that you could ask a teacher if you want to get to know them a little bit beyond just what are you studying in class? Because you don't want it to feel like an awkward blind date where you're like, so (laughs) what do you like to do for fun? You know, like, so (laughs) what do you ask them to try to get past um, this, you know, school talk and into more person to person talk? Um, I think a really easy way is to be upfront about it, right? And say like, look, um, you know, it's really nice to meet you. Uh, I know that you're going to be a really important person in my child's life. And I just wanted to get to know you a little bit more as a person. So like, you know, where are you from? What do you like to do? And just preface it that way, like be really upfront. It's not like, I'm not trying to date you. I just, I know you're an important person and I want to know you a little bit as a person. Mm-hmm. The other thing you can do is when they say, you know, oh, I don't know, I'm from whatever, you can start to try to make those connections, right? Like, for example, um, my daughter was having um, a little bit of trouble, uh, not trouble in school, but just like wasn't very excited about going to um, her, I think it was her fifth grade classroom, I think. Actually, I think it was fourth. And um, I don't know, they're just like, something hadn't quite clicked with the teacher yet. And then we went to a, a softball game, a professional women's softball game. And as we were sitting there, coincidentally, her teacher came in and sat in the row behind us. And my daughter at the time was playing softball and was like, you know, interested in softball. And because the teacher sat behind us, we were like, oh, hi, Mrs. So-and-so. Like, do you like softball? She's like, yeah, I actually played an adult softball league. And that little tiny interaction really made my daughter like her teacher a thousand times more. And then consequently, like to go to her class a thousand times more because she could see the teacher they connected on a personal level right like oh we both play outfield how great so as you're asking these questions of the teacher and getting to know them as a person you can start to kind of make those connections like oh you know are you um you like to play baseball hey my kid really likes to play baseball too and you know if there's ever an opportunity to talk to them about baseball i know that would be a really great way to engage them in the class you know, so you kind of like show the teacher that this, these kinds of personal connections can really help them in their job too, right? And do the things that they, of course, want to do with your children. Right. That's great. Okay. So after we have established a bit of a relationship with them from talking to them about something other than school, getting to know them a little bit, what do we do next? What's the second takeaway? So the second takeaway is to nurture this little tiny relationship that you've planted um, and to follow up with a quick text or an email. Um, I would say like once a month just to check in. Um, And I would not wait until there is a problem. I would not um, necessarily email. Like let's say some month you're like, oh man, there's really – there's nothing going on. I don't really have a question. I don't see any problems. Then that is perfect. That is a great opportunity to just send like a quick positive email about like, Hey, um, you know, my son really is enjoying 
learning about the solar system. Uh, thanks for your hard work. Right. Period. Um, and it's just a really easy way to maintain that relationship and that personal connection and that way of saying like, hey, like we have a working relationship, right? Like I'm paying attention to what's happening at a home. I know you're doing your job in the classroom. And isn't this a great relationship that we have? And I feel like as I've thought about this principle, I've thought about how um, important it would be even for your kids who are in high school because you and I taught high school and so it, and it can be harder for parents to keep in keep in touch with high school teachers because often kids have like six high school teachers but um, I almost never heard from parents when I was a high school teacher and when I did it meant so much to me if I got that little note of he's learning he's excited you're doing a good job um, and it also made me much more willing if that parent ever approached me with a concern. I was like, I was more willing to listen to them and to consider it than if all of a sudden they were just out of the blue in my room um, with all these concerns, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like putting, you know, money away in the relationship bank, right? They're like, if you can send positive things and really invest in this relationship, then when you need that relationship to work for you, it's going to work. You're going to have something to draw from. Right. right. And, and I think, you know, thinking about why you're doing this, um, is really important. And, and I love this quote. There's this quote that says, you know, some teachers teach curriculum and, and some teachers teach kids. Mm. Right. And, and of course, think for a minute, what do you want? What kind of teacher do you want? You want the teacher who's going to see your kid as more than a test score, right? Who's going to really see your kid as the person that they are with their strengths and their weaknesses and really help them develop. And the only way that teachers can really see kids for who they really are is if we help them by developing this personal relationship between our family and them. And um, I just... I think it's a really wonderful way to create the kind of schools that we want our kids to go to. Yes, I agree. And I also think that the same is true. Um, you know, we want our kids, our teachers to see our kids as more than just a test score. And, um, and the, the reverse is true too, that they are more than just teachers. And so knowing a little bit about them and their interests and things like that, I think can really help to build that relationship. Um, it's always interesting. My students, when they would see me like at the grocery store, they, it was like, they were shocked. Like you don't live at school, <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah, so, totally. Just, and you, and you know, as a former teacher, that relationship, like th that's the reason you got into teaching, right? Is because of those like magical moments when a kid would say thank you, or you would feel like you really made a difference and, and just how much that buoyed you up and made you um, excited to keep going in your craft. And we can give that kind of gift to teachers, you know, and it's just, I think really, really wonderful to, to know you have that kind of power to really make someone love their job and, and like do their job better. Yeah. And I love that you put kind of a time on it. You said once a month, you know, at least once a month. So that's something that you could even have like on your calendar, kind of as a calendar trigger. Have, have I checked in with my kids' teachers lately? Um, and just take, you know, half an hour or 15 minutes, whatever it takes, depending on the number of teachers your kids have at that point, 
um, to just send a bunch of emails that morning, checking in with everybody and just leaving a little positive note or whatever it might be. And wow, I think that that would do wonders to help your kids to do better in that class and, and in school in general. And then what's the next step? So you've developed this relationship, you've reinforced it um, with these check-ins. What's the next, the third takeaway that we can do to help our students do well in school? Okay, so now it's time to take it to the next level and do something <laughs> a little bit crazy. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Um, <laughs> so um, I think the next step is to ask to, to see some student work. Um, so, you know, you said at the beginning, we're like, you know, a lot of times the things that come home from school are like worksheets or like you're not really sure what what's happening, like what they're actually learning. Um, and the work that they bring home isn't really telling you that or it's not very engaging. Like it's just sort of it's it's hard to get that peek into the classroom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people can go in and volunteer at the classroom and that's great. And they'd be able to get a, a better sense of what's happening in the classroom and how they might support that at home. Um, but even if you can't volunteer in the classroom, if you could see what your kids are doing, some good student work, then that will help you um, to figure out how you can support them at home and, and what kind of conversations you can have with your kid. Mm -hmm. So, for example, um, at uh, drop-off, I just kind of poked my head into the classroom for a minute to look at um, – on the walls, the kids had created, this is my son, he's in fifth grade. They created some posters and they had, um, and I knew he was doing something about stars, but I wasn't exactly sure what it was. And then I saw all these posters explaining the solar system and like galaxies and, you know, some of the things that they, the specific things that they were learning. And so then that night, um, when we were talking, you know, about school and what had happened, I was able to really tease out some better questions for him, right? Like, oh, well, what did you learn about the solar system? And like, what is the difference between a planet and a star? And just sort of, we had a, a much richer conversation about what he is learning and doing in school just because I had taken the 30 seconds to poke my head in the classroom and look at some of the things that he was doing. Right. And I love that example because that didn't even involve you asking the teacher um, that was just you looking around and noticing. Um, so if you're nervous about asking the teacher, you can always just look around and see what's there. And then also taking it a step further and saying to the teacher, what are we working on? What are they working on? Um, can I see his work? And can I see an example of where he should be at grade level wise? Or can I see an example of excellent work that we can be working towards? I know um, with my son, I didn't know where he should be at with reading. You know, I'm like, I don't know. I've never, I don't know what, how other kids are reading in first grade. And it wasn't until I went into his classroom and helped with the reading and um, quizzing sight words that I had a better sense for what I needed to work on with Noah. And I actually was able to write down some words to practice with him at home and like you mentioned, not everybody can go in to volunteer and they don't need to feel guilty about that. It's just a stage of life and whatever we have going on in our own worlds. But um, you can ask the teacher, even if you can't go in to volunteer, just say, where should he be at with reading and what can I practice with him? And can I see some examples of 
the types of books you're reading and handwriting and what it should look like. This is for young elementary school. But um, for older elementary school, too, just finding out about the subjects. And you said that you, after you knew that your son was studying the solar system, you guys watched some movies as a family that went along with that, right? Yeah, we uh, we watched The Martian, which was totally interesting to my son. And I mean, I love that movie, too. And then we downloaded an app. Like, you know, have you seen those um, apps you can get on your phone where you hold them up and it shows you like a star map of um, the night sky? Oh, you got to get this app. I don't even remember what it's called, but it is so fun because you just go out at night and you hold up your phone and it shows you a map of the night sky. And then you can, you know, you can, um, so you know what the stars are called and the planets and, and things like that. And it really just, like I said, it just made me feel, um, like a partner in this educational endeavor, you know, like I felt like uh, what I'm doing at home right now is really, reinforcing what they're doing in the classroom. Mm-hmm. That's all I want. That's all I want. I just want to be a working partner. <laughs> you know? and-, and you have provided so many resources for parents who want to be working partners. Tell me a little bit more about what's on your website. Remind us what the, what the website is, what's it, what it's called, and then what all is there for parents who might be interested. Um, so it's called buildingthebridge.org. Um, and I have, uh, a lot of, uh, articles, I think they'll help kind of get the thoughts flowing, um, <laughs> about what some things that you can do. And, and I have, um, also a whole section for educators. So, um, you know, again, like maybe you'll feel awkward doing this, but if you've started to, um, establish this relationship and you've been nurturing it, then, Hey, maybe you could send them an article and be like, you know, I found this article about interactive homework, for example, and I thought you might be interested, right? So you can start to um, have a conversation with uh, the teachers at your kid's school because the reason it's called Building the Bridge is because I think that a lot of times educators talk about ways to engage families amongst themselves and parents will talk about ways to support the school amongst themselves, <laughs> but we often don't talk across the divide. And we often don't say to teachers like, hey, I would really like to have a personal conversation with you because I know you're an important person in my kid's life, right? Like, and teachers don't say like, hey, you know, it would really help me if I knew a little bit more about the home life so that I could connect with your child a little easier, you know? So the idea of building the bridge is it's a place where we can talk across that divide and really start to build a two-sided bridge instead of just a, a diving board. I don't know what a one, what a one-sided bridge is. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And I loved your, um, you send out in your newsletter, you sent, you sent out some templates and things that, or like examples of how to have conversations. You know, if your kid is struggling, this is what you can say on the first call to the teacher. Mm -hmm. And then if it doesn't improve, this is what you can say on the second call to the teacher. And then if it still doesn't improve, this is the third call. And you word it so well. And it's, it doesn't come across as pushy at all, but I'm like, oh, I can do that. Once I see it written out in an example for me. And I feel like you're such a great resource because you've been both. You've been a teacher for a long time and you've been a mother now for a long time. And so you really do understand both sides of the story and it can be such a great resource for families. So thank you for your work on that and for putting this website together for families. 
Believe me, it is my pleasure. And I'm so happy that you have found it useful. And um, I hope that everyone else who finds it does too. Oh, I should, I should also say that I, again, uh, since I love personal relationships, I love to answer personal questions. So if there's somebody listening and they're like, yeah, but what about this? Man, email me or, um, you know, I'm on Instagram too, or I'm on Facebook and Pinterest, like contact me. And I would love to answer your specific question. I am all about personal relationships. And so, wow, that is a huge resource to be able to <laughs> email you directly, talk to you directly. And I've, I've shared with you some specific situations with my son and you've said, okay, what, what about this or that? So that's so great that people can do that and contact you directly. So um, to end, would you mind giving us our three steps one more time um, to get to know our our kids' teachers better, which is the single best thing we can do to support them in school? What are our three <laughs> steps? Okay, yeah, we can say that with authority, man. Yeah. Let's do well, it. Well, Anne said it, not us. <laughs> The expert said it. The expert. We're just, we're just piggybacking on her. Um, okay, so number one, step one, have that face-to-face -face conversation with the teacher where you look them in the eye and you just try to talk about your hopes and dreams and, and um, try to connect as people and start that working relationship off on a good foot. And then uh, number two, and even if that's a little awkward, don't worry, you're planting the seeds and you can do this. Um, and then step two is to follow up with a quick text or email um, about once a month where you either kind of raise issues that you've seen at home or um, where you talk about some of the great things that you've seen at home and um, just tend to that relationship. And then step three, when you're ready, ask to see some student work. And if you can do that kind of slyly on your own <laughs> through getting into the classroom, great. Um, but if not, you've planted the seed, you've nurtured this relationship, go ahead and ask for a little help and say, hey, can you take a picture of, you know, whatever you're working on in class or show me what a great, uh, you know, fourth grade essay is supposed to look like or whatever. So you can really get a sense you can have the information that you need to be a full working partner in this educational endeavor. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And everybody go find her on her website, buildingthebridge.org, or on Instagram at buildingthebridgeforyou, and ask her some questions. So Mandy, thank you so much for coming on 3 and 30 today. My pleasure. Thanks, Rachel. That's it for this week, friends. I hope as you go about this week, you will try to think of little ways that you can connect with your children's teachers. I know it's a little late in the year to feel like you're starting from square one, but as Amanda has told me before, it is never too late. Maybe you have a parent-teacher conference coming up where you can fit in that personal conversation, or maybe, like me, you just had a conference and it would be an easy time to follow up with an email letting the teacher know how nice it was to talk with them. Also, with Thanksgiving coming up, it's an easy time to write some quick thank you notes or to send in a goodie to thank those teachers for everything they do. As always, we will keep the conversation going about this episode on my Instagram account, which is 3in30podcast. 
And I would love it if you would join us there and if you would share this podcast with friends or family who you think would enjoy it. I'm so grateful that you're here listening and I hope that you have a great week with your family. Mathis, the host of the Cool Mom Code podcast, where motherhood is your key card to the coolest spot in town. I'm excited to give you a behind the scenes, real talk combo between some of the most influential and tastemaker mamas I know. Subscribe and stay tuned for new episodes weekly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen so you don't ever miss a beat. See you there.